Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Andy Brickley joins us this time each and every Wednesday at noon, brought to us by Shaw's Supermarkets. He's on the AT&T hotline right now. And Andy, was last night a case of the hockey gods kicking the Bruins while they were down in the sense they had an off night, yet I could just see Peter Shirelli or Claude Julien taking the clicker and going through and coming to the National Hockey League Network or going to Nesson and seeing the highlights. Oh, Boychuk scored. Oh, Kessel game winner in overtime. <laughs> Sagan had a hat trick. Come on. Enough is enough. Uh, were you yeah, thinking that a little bit a yourself? Lot Bruins, a lot of former Bruins on the board. And uh, and when you're struggling to score goals, it certainly gets your attention, no doubt about it. But, hey, their focus is just solely on themselves right now. And, you know, they felt like they played better in the last game, even though they lost uh, in horrible fashion at the end of the game. But their focus is on them. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure the scoreboard got Peter's attention, but uh, it's not really his focus. Hey, Brick, the signing of Simone Gagne to a one-year deal, um, kind of be on that line, you know, with, with Spooner down in that fourth line. Um, what do you expect from him? What have you seen from him? I mean, can he be a, a guy that eventually maybe works up to that first line, given his experience? Uh, I don't know if uh, first-line status is really where he'll ultimately be. I mean, if things go well and he plays uh, to his strengths and, and uh, you know, stays healthy and get back to NHL form, I think he'd be somewhere in the top nine, but uh, my expectation, Lou, would not be, uh, you know, not a first-line guy. I think that's a hole that they have to fill from outside the organization. I think that's essentially where the Bruins will end up. Um, Seth Griffin's gonna, Griffith is getting an opportunity here now. I'm not sure if they're going to tweak that line either. No indications at morning skate. Uh, they're just going to kind of play it and uh, you know the way they've been playing it recently. And uh, but as far as Gagne, I think. Because of the struggles, because of the four goals in four games, the fact that they signed him, I think that's just an accelerated pace. I think the expectation was that he had a chance to be signed. Uh, you know, if they had won a couple of games and scored six or seven goals, maybe he wouldn't have signed a contract at this point because he's still working his way into NHL game shape. The hands are there, the mind's there. But, you know, when you've played about, I don't know, 40% of all possible games over the last five years, uh, you know, that's a lot of time to make up. Hey, Brick, I always get nervous when I hear people, media people, whatever, writers talking desperation, must win, and, you know, you've only played four games. So the Bruins obviously haven't started the way they wanted to, and now they have the Detroit Red Wings. So how important is this game for the Bruins? Um, it's not a must win, no. I, I'm not in that camp at all. What it is is a must play better, that's mm -hmm. all. Uh, they like some of the things that they did in the last game. Uh, you know, was it a complete game by, by any means? No, but uh, better decision-making overall. And that's where their mistakes are right now. Their decision-making has just been terrible uh, as a group. Uh, you know, whether the effort's there or not, you know, that's debatable, but it's the decision-making that's cost them. So this is a must-play-better game. They're looking at this as a three-game road trip. They probably set a goal of four points. you got Buffalo on Saturday, tough game tomorrow night in Montreal. Uh, so this is important that they play well here. If they play well, they have a very good chance of taking points out of this one. And, uh, you know, Detroit's a pretty good team. They're not great. This is always a tough building to play in. But the Bruins should play with a, a real determination, a little bit of anger, 
uh, and a real team attitude and, you know, whatever it takes to win kind of approach to the game. But it's all about playing better, and that's, that's their focus. Andy Brickley with us from Nesson, talking Bruins here on 93.7 WEI. Andy joins us at this time every week on Wednesdays to discuss hockey. And I don't know if it was before or after the Avalanche game, Andy, when Claude Julian said words to the effect of, well, we got Seth Griffith, Griffith on that top line because, well, Jerome McGinn was playing on the other team. And some people, <laughs> myself and I, I was included in them, just sort of took that com- comment and thought, well, is that like a swipe at the fact <laughs> that they didn't sign Aginla to stay here. How did you interpret that? And to the best of your knowledge, was Julian chapped at the fact that they didn't do more to, if not keep Aginla, at least replace him more readily? Yeah, I just think it was a subtle uh, statement saying, you know, this is the team. This is the team that I have. This is the talent level that I have. These are the options that I have or limited options that I have uh, in order to find somebody to play alongside David Krejci. And, you know, I mean, it's Krejci's first game, and, 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 you know, Griffith was the guy that was going to get the opportunity based on the way he played in camp. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think that was, uh, you know, don't read too much into that. Just, just quote, frustrated, and, and, you know, nobody likes to be one and three. And, you know, the sting of losing a game in the final second, you know, when you feel like you're going to take points or a chance to take two points out of the game and, and the pressure to win at, at the head coaching level in the NHL. So I think it was just frustration and just say, hey, look, this is my team. This is the way it is. It is what it is. This is the players I have. And, uh, you know, I wish I had I had, I I wish I had more options, but I don't right now. Hey, Brick, we start talking about shuffling uh, some of these lines and maybe putting new guys in there with that top line. Uh, does Riley Smith ever come to mind? Because I know, I think, I think it was DJ Bean saying that maybe a guy like Seth Griffith, uh, his skill set might actually fit well with Bergeron and Marshawn. Yeah, that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, you know, if you're going to tweak the forward line combinations, if you're not getting what you need in terms of a sustained offensive attack, uh, you know, I like Smith. I think everybody likes Smith with Bergeron and Marshawn. Uh, they, were, they were great together all last year. Uh, but if you need to get something going with your team and you got to tweak your lines, that makes a little sense. Sure, Griffith could play alongside Bergeron and Marshan and see what you get with Smith playing alongside David Krejci. So uh, that would not surprise me if we saw it tonight, if things don't go the way the Bruins want early in the hockey game. And, uh, you know, they're looking for something. they got to find some kind of sustained attack. They want to play four lines or at least, you know, three and then spot a fourth line. But, uh, uh that would not surprise me, Lou, and in fact, it's not a bad idea at all. All right, Brick, so Milan Lucic, right? Uh, zero goals, zero assists, four total shots in four games. I mean, if you were coaching him up, what would you tell him to do, I guess? What would you, what would you tell him to work on to basically get his game back where it needs to be? I think it's pretty simple. He's got to skate. You know, people say they, they use the phrase, move your feet, but the better phrase is skate. you got to skate. You know, if you want to be a – if you want to be a physical guy, you got to get there. You know, the pace of the game is so fast today, so quick, that if you don't bring your skating game right from puck drop, then uh, you're going to be chasing it all night. He can't be a physical guy if he doesn't get in on the forecheck by skating. He can't, uh, he can't get to, you know, offensive scoring chances if he doesn't skate. Uh, it's that simple for him. You know, if he, if he just focuses on that one aspect of his game and, and don't overanalyze and don't overthink and don't make excuses and don't rationalize, just bring your skating game, then he's going to be a good player, and I think that's where it all begins for Luch. Andy Brickley with us from Nesson. i got to follow up on that, Andy. Uh, Luch, um, Seidenberg, those guys come to mind as players who look like they're rusty to start, and maybe even Krejci in his first game back. Do, do you attribute to the slow starts for those guys to rust, or is it still healing from injury? Are these guys not healthy and just out there because they have to be to start the year? Well, you know, I'd give uh, I'd put Seidenberg in that category. I mean, that's a major, major injury that he's uh, coming back from, and 
you know, you go back to the playoffs last year, and there was talk about him starting in the third series that the Bruins were able to get by Montreal and play the Rangers that he was going to play. And you really think about it and say, really? You really think that was going to be the case? Because, you know, he looks like a guy that's coming off major knee surgery. Uh, when you miss that amount of time, you know, I mean, you're talking, what, back in November was or December when he got hurt? So uh, that's a lot of time to miss. You know, you can do all the training you want, dry land, uh, you know, skating on your own when you're physically able to. But it's game condition, it's game scenarios, it's decision-making, it's, you know, left side, right side, pivoting, uh, the pace of the game, retrieving pucks under duress. I mean, you can't simulate that, you know, when you're working out or when you're practicing. You just don't have it. And even though he had training camp, it's still not enough. He needs to play games. He needs to play NHL pace, regular season pace. So it's going to take him some time. But he grinds it out. He's, he's, you know, he's not a negative right now. Uh, you know, he, is he is he the Dennis Seidenberg that you want him to be? Not yet, but he'll get there. So I don't worry about him. Lucic, I don't put him in that category. Uh, a wrist injury, um, whether it's major surgery or minor surgery, however you want to classify it, again, it's his legs, it's a skating game. He can still be involved. He can still do more. Uh, so I don't chalk it up to injury with him. And David Krejci, I didn't mind his game at all. First game back, uh, you know, I thought he looked all right. Uh, he said he was a little winded at times, but uh, his game is fine. And they, they, you know, even if he's at 80%, He's your best option as far as, uh, you know, having him and Bergeron as your one-two punch. You know, Brick, one of the criticisms of Julian is, like, maybe sometimes patience with younger players. He does, that he has maybe more so with the veterans. But I honestly, I think that's his team in nature. But when you start moving guys around and shifting guys around, especially maybe defensive pairings, and you say, okay, I'll get Miller, nope, didn't work. Barkowski, nope, didn't work. You know, McQuaid, let's move him around. Isn't there a fine line between like, not having enough patience but or just letting these guys settle in together and work together and give it some time? Well, it, what it tells you, first of all, is, uh, you know, what a loss it is to have Johnny Boychuk not in the lineup. That mm-hmm. being said, you know, McQuaid, you have a really good deep six if McQuaid is your, is your you know, five-six pair. You know, if Krug and McQuaid are together as your five and six, yeah. now you're really deep and you got a really good defense. So uh, I think McQuaid's playing too many minutes. And why is he playing too many minutes? Because the first three games, Kevin Miller did not distinguish himself. He was the leader in terms of, Who's going to get that opportunity first, he or Bartkowski? Well, he got it, and he really didn't distinguish himself in the first three games, so they give Bartkowski a chance. Bartkowski goes in, which means Seidenberg's got to slide over the right side. Seidenberg's having his struggles just getting back to game shape, game conditions, as we just talked about. Bartkowski makes some poor decisions, so the expectation is Miller will go back in tonight, and hopefully a message has been delivered, and he understands that he needs to do more, needs to be more effective, and now you have, uh, you know, you have a better group of six, but it comes down to decision-making, and, and I, I'm emphasizing that, and I, I can't say it enough, because the way the Bruins play with their system, they want to play all 60, uh, but in order to make the right decisions, you know, you have to be totally invested in the game, and I think when you start one and three and you lose the way you did against Colorado, I think you'll see better decisions tonight from them as a group. Andy, thanks a lot for coming on with us. Greatly appreciate it. If we know uh, tomorrow morning that uh, Sean Thornton or Andy Ferentz has gotten a hat trick, then we know something's up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fellas. Good to talk to you. Thanks all for right. checking in, all right? Andy Brickley from Nesson on 93.7 W.